Many Australians live with a disability, and we've got some pretty good support mechanisms and infrastructure to support all of it as well. The NDIS overall, that's enabled a lot of people to access care and services that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to access without the scheme. Like anything, there's room for improvement, but the NDIS has also opened up opportunities, not only for patients and carers and people that need it, but also for innovation from businesses and technology companies to create more accessible and innovative solutions to help more people living with a disability experience better care and lifestyles. Well, with me today is Jonathan Salgo from T-Shirt Ventures. And in this episode, we're talking about technology and innovation in the disability space, the importance of taking a customer-centric view to the problem, and how they're driving improvements and efficiency within the disability sector, which in turn is helping people with a disability achieve their goals and improve the quality of their everyday lives. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, a podcast and membership community about technology in healthcare. Here's your host, Peter Birch. With me today is Jonathan Salgo, co-founder and head of NDIS Innovation at T-Shirt Ventures, who are building health tech solutions that help people create the life they want. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Hey, Pete. I'm doing really well. Good. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining. It's good to sit down and speak about this important topic more and more on the podcast. We're shining a light on the work to be done, particularly in the disability space. It's a remarkably important topic. So I'm grateful that you're here to discuss. But firstly, I want to learn a bit more about you and your background. Yeah, thanks, Pete. And it's great to be here. And I guess my background probably explains somewhat of how I got involved in this space. So there's probably two things to me that two things that interest me and always have, which is one, I've always been very interested in public policy. And that took me down a pathway career-wise that found me in consulting companies who did a lot of consulting to government directly. And I really enjoyed that. And then also, I've always been very focused on how do you solve problems through business models? And I guess some people might just call that sort of entrepreneurship, Mm. but I think that word is sometimes sort of overused. So I tend to try to avoid it. And so I guess I sort of back in the day studied law. I've never seen any area that is less innovative (laughs) and where you've got less of an ability to actually look at things through like, how can we solve problems in Mm. a smart way, in a fast way? And so naturally having kind of done a bit of time in a law, that was not for me. And so I found myself kind of looking at this policy. I've probably had a go at about five different business ideas. I look at the others than this, and I'm grateful that I never left a full-time job to pursue them because I've learned a lot the last four years. I can see how they wouldn't have been successful. I think on a personal level, which matters a lot, you know, this is probably true for a lot of people out there that have lived experience with disability. It's not something that I expected to happen in my life, but it's just something that happened. So I've had disability around me for quite a long time. One of my longest friends has autism and he's now in the NDIS. And I also have a stepfather who has a disability who got an early diagnosis with a neurological condition called Parkinson's when he was, when I was rather a teenager. And probably by chance, I also found myself in that policy level from my mid-20s consulting to a government agency called the National Disability Insurance Agency. And that was really focusing on the government policy around disability, and in particular, this new scheme called the NDIS. And I think that a lot of where my then life has found itself 
has been through this lens of how do I support people like my stepdad, people like my friend Marcus to help them live the best quality of life they can, whatever that may be. Amazing. What a journey to get you to this point. And so fill that gap for me now about what you're doing now with teacher. Yeah. So I think that the number one thing is we really want to help people with disability and their families to be able to live a more satisfying, more meaningful and independent lives in whatever way, shape or form that is, whatever their circumstances, their age, their daily necessities, their dreams. And I think at the highest level, that's what we're looking to achieve. But the way that we look at it, and this is certainly the way that I see things and my co-founder, Tom, also sees things is, well, how do we do that at scale, right? And as with a lot of businesses now who look at how do we do that scale? How do we have that huge impact? The way we look at that is through technology. Mm. And so we go, could we, as a starting point, use the NDIS, which is this incredible scheme that is for the first time providing funding directly to people with disability to be able to put around them the supports they need to live that life? Could we alongside that help them to actually get there? The government provides the financing and the money to the people, but the question becomes, how do you create the team of people and the products that are going to help them actually make that progress? And in the cases, even on a personal experience, if I think about it, you know, on a human level for my friend Marcus, that's about him being able to make friends. Mm. That might be about him trying to live an independent life and live outside of his family home, which he's almost 30 and he's still living at home. That might be for my stepdad being able to improve his mobility. These are the sort of things that we're looking at going, how do we get the outcomes? And that's really where T-Shirt Ventures started. And, you know, it's been an amazing journey so far. Got it. And so what does that look like in terms of trying to speak to some of those problems to be solved? You and the co-founder, you're building some of these technologies to support that. Is that right? Yeah. So the kind of most critical thing that we're doing is we have a business underneath T-Shirt Ventures that's called Hey Hubble. And it is the critical game changer that we're looking to do. And basically what it's doing, and at the moment it's only operating in WA and mainly focused in Perth, which is where I'm speaking to you from is it helps people firstly try to understand what's going on with their NDIS plan, which basically sets out the sort of things that they can pay for, the sort of supports they can put around them. And that could be an OT, that could be a physio, that could be a support worker. And it's about understanding that. And you know, given your disability, given your circumstances, what are the right supports you might need? And then after you understand what that supports that you might need are, then the question becomes, well, how do I find them? How do I build that team around me? And so what we're really looking at is going, let's help you understand what you can use your funding on and what's going to work best for you. And then let's look at your area. And because it's such a local community-based sort of style of scheme and way of life, what we do is we go, how can we connect you with those supports? And so we've gone through a process of then being able to do that and where we're helping to connect people with occupational therapists that are helping them with continence issues. So helping them with their toileting, we're helping connect them with support workers or mentors who are helping them build their confidence and helping them build their ability to have friends and engage in the community. These are the sort of things that already Hey Hubble is doing, very focused in Perth and WA to start with. So we're really learning that model, making sure that we're actually benefiting these people. And then I think that the next big stage in our journey will be taking that to a national level. Very cool. It's kind of like 
you know, when you're lucky or fortunate enough to have a friend or someone within your group that understands a really kind of complex structure, like, you know, the NDIS is great, it enables people to be able to access things. But sometimes if you don't know how to make the most of it, then you can't use it. And then you'll say, well, nothing exists and nothing can help me. When you've got that person that's able to kind of guide you through and say, you know what, for your situation, this is what you should do because I know the situation well. But like you say, not everyone has that person that can hold their hand through the process. So the way you do that at scale is through technology. It's kind of building that handy system. Have I kind of understood that correctly about how it helps people through the NDIS? Yeah, that's right. And I think the thing is, is that, you know, where, and I see it as, you know, for Tom and I, um, a real responsibility that we have. And I think it's in both of our kind of backgrounds, both personally, Tom also has a family member in the scheme. And probably from me professionally, is that we understand the NDIS, we understand the disability community from both a participant and a provider point of view. And really what we're doing is using that deep expertise to build stronger links between the NDIS, the families who receive the funding, and the many specialist disability services who use this funding to provide that hands-on support. Mm. Speech therapists, gardeners. And I think along the journey, we've learned, you know, every individual is so unique. Like all of us, they have their own aspirations, their own goals. And so when we've designed it, we've looked at going like, let's take that expertise, let's take that knowledge and really co-design it with people and with the community to help have the technology to help them live the life they want. And I think that'll be a real ongoing feature of how we operate. Very cool. What's behind the decision to just start in Perth? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. The thing about the NDIS and the thing about disability is that perhaps the word in NDIS, the first word national, might be a little bit misleading if you're thinking of creating a business. <laughs> because I think if you think national to start with, you might find yourself trying to, stretching yourself too thin, right? But really what happens is that people care about what's happening in their community. They care about getting the support worker, but realistically that support worker is probably going to live no more than maybe 30 minutes from them. Or that occupational therapist who's going to travel to their house or travel to their school, again, they're probably not going to be traveling more than maybe that sort of 30 minute distance. So when you have that geographic constraint of the scheme and you still want to really learn how it works, you really want to be quite community oriented in the way that you're learning, in the way that you're thinking about the problems you're looking to solve, and especially when you're trying to connect, you know, the participants who are the people with disability in the scheme with their providers. And I think this is a pretty typical sort of part of the playbook of good startups out there is that they tend to be quite focused early on, and then they can basically create that group of early adopters. And then what they do is once they've, you know, been able to build the product, they move towards product market fit where there's obviously demand for that product, you know, amongst even a small group of people. And then they can see the ability because the market's big enough for them to actually be able to take that and scale that. And so I think that that's really where we do, kind of where we go from. And I think, you know, some typical examples are probably Airbnb were super focused on, I think it might've been York to start with. Hmm. And it took Facebook and they probably scaled much faster. They've got less geographic constraints, but they just started with not only Harvard, but then they moved into Ivy League colleges in America. And then they were moving to like universities, you know, more broadly around the globe before they expanded to everyone. Amazon started with books, right? And now all of a sudden Amazon do so much more than that. And they're the everything store. And so I think being highly focused is one of the best bits of advice I could give to anyone that's looking to kind of go through that early process in startup land. Absolutely on the same page with you on that one. Sticking with that train of thought then, I think you touched on some of these points already, but in terms of obviously the idea is to then demonstrate in Perth and then scale out from there, what does that kind of scale look like once you've demonstrated it in Perth? How does it go beyond, you know, serving that smaller community to then being something that is truly national? 
Yeah. So I think it's a really good question and certainly something that we're putting a lot of work into now. And I think the first thing is recognizing that a lot of the problems that you're going to be solving and solving through the platform and the technology we're building should be problems that are experienced on a much more national level, right? Mm. If you've got a kid in WA who has autism, a lot of the problems that that family is facing, both on a disability level, on a community level, and on an NDIS kind of government bureaucratic level, should be quite similar to the experiences of someone who's got a kid with autism in the suburbs of Sydney or the suburbs of Brisbane. Mm. It might not be a perfect kind of fit, which is where you you know really need to make sure you're understanding that localized market. Do the supports look different? Does the market look different? Is there the same level of supply? You might find in some areas. So you know, I'm originally from Sydney. And if you think about probably Western Sydney and Southwestern Sydney, you have quite a lot of ethnic communities, right? So you might need to think about that and go, okay, does this need to change because you've got some people who might have a Vietnamese background and what might the NDIs look for them? Because it could look quite different. So it's this combination of you should be solving problems that are probably for a lot of people and that could be scaled. But then also you need to look at things as you move into geographic expansion that, you know, where might the differences be in different territorial areas? Yeah, it's a really good point. It's something that we've talked about a bit on the show, actually, is when organizations from Australia look to expand elsewhere in the world, they think about, you know, how to then apply this to different geographies. But you're so right in terms of the breadth, like what's great about Australia is the breadth of multiculturalism and in different communities, different needs. But that's remarkably important in terms of particularly something like a solution that's helping people navigate the NDIS would need to be taking into consideration all those things while same time being able to do it at scale. So I think you've got the right approach to it there. And I think actually on that, to give you an idea, and this just shows we didn't even think about this that much on an early stage kind of point. Maybe this will help you understand and the community understand what we're doing on a more kind of operational level. But uh, recently, basically, people can put up requests for services. They're quite detailed. There was a person who was looking for a continence assessment and they needed someone who could speak and read Mandarin. And I looked at that request and our team looked at that request. It comes through and we have a kind of managed marketplace where that then will be able to go out to this provider community. And it was unclear whether that request was going to be filled. But it turned out that we had a provider on our network who owns an OT clinic. It's a broader allied health clinic, actually. And his background, he was Chinese and he could both, you know, obviously speak and read. He was a native, I think, from mainland China. Mm -hmm. And he responded almost immediately. I mean, he responded in both English and Mandarin. And I thought that was really powerful. And it just shows that ability to really connect that kind of, you know, those unique requests and also where you, as you were saying, are able to meet the needs of people who might not come from an English speaking background, but who do have a disability and who do need the NDIS and who are in the NDIS where it's going to be, it's already really difficult. Um, and as someone who's got a family member in it, I've seen how difficult it is if you've, you know, English is your first language. So think about how much harder it is for people who it isn't for. So I think there's a really big focus and When we're thinking about disability, we certainly look at it through the lens of, you know, how do we help as many people as possible? You know, in a multicultural Australia, it's really important to be able to meet the needs of people like that person who um, is looking for someone who can speak and read Mandarin. Nice one. So it sounds like, you know, there's people utilizing the platform now. I'm keen to know from your side how it's evolved in that space from, you know, the concept and when you've first built it to where it is now. What have you learned through that process in people now using the platform? Yeah, so I think... The main thing that I've learned is that, and maybe this will kind of tell you a bit more of the story of what's happened, is we decided that while we had this always this concept of 
let's have this thing called Hey Hubble and let's have that working and connecting people. Mm. Maybe what we needed to do to start with was learn how the market was going to work on the ground. And so what we actually did was, and this is part of the way the NDS works, because it's giving so much money to people, we just started, decided to be a payments provider to start with. And that really meant that we sat in the middle of this kind of system between the participant who receives the money and the provider. Um, and we were really able to learn about how that interaction engagement was going to work. And we really got to learn about how it worked in Perth and WA. And not only that, but as part of what's what we were doing, what's called a plan manager. And there are a lot. It's a quite a competitive market. There are probably about a thousand of them, a bit over in Australia. But we used it as a learning exercise in many ways. It's now grown a lot. And what it also did was not only help us with learning, but it helped us generate revenue. And it generates quite a bit of revenue for us. And I think that's really given us the ability to more easily kind of have a company that has some level of sustainability and has allowed us to get closer to realizing our vision. And so it's this kind of dual concept of how do we learn how it works? And that allows us to build better technology that's going to work for the community and really co-design that. And also, how do we make sure we've got a sustainable business? And we kind of found this like other business model as we were going through the process. And it was the <laughs> way we started. And it's the thing that's been running. And it's basically a case where, you know, when we go around to raising capital, as I said, and we're just completing our third capital raise at the moment, unlike other startups that potentially are there going, you know, they're there saying, oh, look, revenue will come in the future. You know, we certainly were saying, look, revenue will come in the future from our kind of, you know, the Hey Hubble business model. But really already, like we're generating revenue and learnings as it stands. I think that's been a really powerful thing with regards to our journey so far. Absolutely. It's great to learn and move towards what can make it sustainable now and then deliver on that long-term vision and and in the end, ultimately improve the whole process overall. It's very cool. It's great to hear that that journey up until now. You know, then I'm keen to know as well, like, so what's next? Like, where's it moving forward to and what's on the horizon for, for T-Shirt Ventures? Yeah, great question. So I think that firstly, the learning never stops. And in this space, it is a case where we as a company understand the NDIS really well. We increasingly understand the disability community, as I was saying earlier. But also there is an ongoing learning in this space of complexity around disability, right? The needs of someone with autism who's a kid are very different from the needs of someone who has Parkinson's, which are very different from the needs of someone who might have a spinal cord injury. And so we're constantly in this learning process of, well, what are the supports that these people need? And, you know, some of that is quite detailed. That does involve like some really good knowledge about those conditions and what the right interventions are and you know, it's quite academic in many ways. And so I think there'll be this ongoing learning that we'll have, um, which I find really exciting about that. So that's like the sort of the first thing, which is understanding that and understanding what the needs of these people are. And that's really how we're going to make sure that this NDIS that's got so much money in it isn't just a scheme that's seen as about money, but actually it's about outcomes. So I think that's the first thing. And then obviously the second thing is, well, as we work out how to really benefit those families, and I think this is going to come like sooner rather than later, like we've got this well before the end of the year, but it does, you know, we are looking at that geographic expansion and that'll be also what comes next. And so I think that's what I really see us doing over the next sort of three years even and really focused on. I think it's really exciting. Such an important point around the focus on outcomes and the family focus or the customer centricity side of things. In the end, that's ultimately the goal, right? To be able to measurably, demonstrably see benefits from people utilizing the platform, getting the most out of the scheme they're entitled to in, in utilizing the platform. Yeah, I think so. And I think this is a narrative that's been completely missed in the NDIS. And it's incredibly unfortunate. So the NDIS released data 
would have been about two weeks ago. So I think it was in the first week of May. And it pained me to see some of that data because what it showed was that I think for Australians in the NDIS that were above the age of 24, who'd had a plan for two years or four years, the employment of those people had actually gone backwards, right? Mm. And obviously there's been COVID, which would have had some dampening effect of employment to some extent during that period, possibly. But at the same time, if that's the case, then you're looking at a scheme that probably isn't living up to its potential. And I think that part of our job is to really try and change that narrative. How do we make sure that there's more people? Um, It's not just us, right? It's making sure that it's the government, it's making sure that it's providers out there in the network, but we're really trying to help achieve these outcomes. How do we get people in the community more? How do we get to make sure that if they want a job, they can get a job, whether that's part-time work, whether that's full-time work, you know, these are the sort of things that we want to do. And those are the things that are going to be a game changer for people with disability, but also I think more broadly Australian society, right? You know, I really see it and go, hey, if we just zoom out for a second here, there's so much talk at the moment with an election on the horizon about the Australian economy and the fact that, you know, unemployment is really low. And we have this probable workforce that's, you know, ready there and yet needs some more support to actually be able to immobilize them and be able to allow them to enter the workforce. But if that happens, like we're talking about increasing the workforce in Australia and anytime you can do that, that's got huge benefits, not only to those people, Mm. but also to all of us. Yeah. Love your passion for this topic, mate, and very much on the same wavelength. Love the work that you're doing in this space. Lastly, if there's anyone that's listening, either living with a disability themselves or a carer of someone that's keen to learn more about what you're doing, how do they learn more and ultimately get their hands on using Hey Hubble? Yeah, sure. So for those who are, you know, have a disability and you're interested, we have two different arms of the business, as I mentioned earlier. So the payments side of things, so they can go to our website, which is www.providerchoice.com.au, or you can probably just search provider choice on Google. And, you know, for those who at the moment are in WA or for those who are just interested, you can have a look at HeyHubble, which is really that place where we can connect people with providers. And so that's www.heyhubble.com.au. And, you know, I think a really big part of what we do, which is why for anyone out there, even if, you know, you weren't to join us and even if you weren't to use our technology, we actually do a lot of free educational. We have a lot of free educational material. We do webinars once a month on how the NDIS works. We have papers on you know, really simplified forms on how housing can work and how employment can work. So I'd advise anyone that's interested, you can hop onto either of those websites and you'll see what's going on. And, uh, you know, we really hope that will help people make the most out of the NDIS. Amazing. Well, look, we'll put those links in the show notes of the episode on the podcast players and also on our website with a little directory listing for T-Shirt Ventures and all of the associated bits that go along with it. Jonathan, I love the conversation that we've had today, a really important one. I hope that's shined a light on more of the problems to be solved and the great work you're doing in this space. I look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks so much, Pete. It's been great to be on. Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast player and for more information, visit talkinghealthtech.com.